our thinking is fundamentally flawed. Not all of it. I'm just saying if I took the whole big picture of your way of thinking, a way bigger piece than you would like to admit is corrupting and needs to be corrected. You are listening to the Hope Valley Podcast, a weekly production of Hope Valley Church in Winchester, Virginia, with your host, Pastor Sam Rogers. Well, hello and welcome to Sunday Morning with Hope Valley Church. I'm Pastor Sam, the lead pastor here at Hope Valley, and today we are continuing with the seventh part of what is an eight-part series on the armor of God. And we're really walking through Ephesians chapter 6, verse uh, 10 through 17. And we're trying to understand how to operate in God's strength rather than our own, right? The passage opens up by saying that we need to be strong in God's power, right? So we're being called to be strong in, with the Lord's strength, not with our own strength. And, and then it goes on to tell us that, you know, that we're fighting an enemy that's spiritual and not physical. And so, uh, as we continue to walk through these, today we're going to talk about the helmet of salvation, which is uh, in just the first half of verse 17. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, right, it just opens and says, And take the helmet of salvation. All right. Okay, great. What does that mean, right? If you're like me, you look at the scripture and you go, Take the helmet of salvation. Okay. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so that's what we're going to be talking about today. You know, the, the helmet. We all know what a helmet does, right? It protects maybe one of the most important parts of your body to protect, and that's your head, right? Um, and so, in the same way, salvation is being described as, as a helmet, right? So, salvation is really, well, what is it? It's deliverance from our sinful nature. When we say, I've been saved, right? We're, what we're saying is that Christ has saved me from sin, the consequences of sin, and he's also redeemed me and saved me out of my sinful nature. And so here in this passage, we're seeing salvation being talked about like a helmet, right? Uh, so we're going to be talking about a few angles on that, right? First of all, we're going to see that salvation and what Jesus has done by saving us from sin really has this power to transform and renew our mind. Um, and it provides what 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 16 refers to as the mind of Christ. But before we do that, let's talk about a common problem that we all have. You know, we have established patterns and ways of thinking. And our patterns of thinking, our ways of thinking, these are things that we've built up really gradually and consistently over the course of our lives. And they, they come from, you know, first, like, you know, just simply personal subjective experience and conclusions. I mean, when you think about it, a lot of what's in your head is, is that. It's, it's your personal subjective experience. And it's the conclusions that you have come up with as a result of the things that you've experienced. Um, sometimes they're implanted or, or influenced by other people's subjective experience and their conclusions, right? Sometimes they're passed down to us from the families that we were raised in, right? Ways of thinking that our parents had and ways of thinking that their parents had before them. Uh, even ways of thinking that maybe our older siblings or other family members had. And we were influenced by them. Sometimes we were directly taught those things, right? We also have ways and patterns of thinking that are infused by our culture. That's obvious, right? Um, you know, culture 
entails a certain way of viewing the world and thinking about the world. And so we've got ways of thinking that are influenced by the fact that, you know, if you're watching this, you're probably in America and you're probably an American citizen and you probably have been raised by American citizens. And so, you know, like America, just like every other country in the world, has uh, as a culture values, ways of thinking um, that are passed down and kind of infused through the culture even today, right? And if we get to the uglier side of this, I think that we have to admit that a lot of our patterns of thinking, a lot of the ways that we think, are really narcissistic and selfish in their nature, right? I mean, how much of what you do, say, even the way that you interact with other people, is largely motivated by the personal benefit that you receive, right? It's not just you, that's all of us, don't worry. It's a common human problem that we all have. Let me, let me share with you a couple of interesting facts that you may not think about. Do you know that 90% of your brain development was complete by the time that you were in kindergarten? It's kind of scary when you think about it, right? You know, the other reality that comes along with that is the fact that really the majority of your thinking and your interpretation of the world is established in your childhood. That means that, like most adults, you're living your life with these unquestioned perspectives, uh, assumptions, and conclusions that were formed by the mind of a child who knew very little about the actual world and pictured themselves at the center of it. Now, what does that mean, right? Well, simply that I have to be aware of the fact that a lot of my patterns, and I'm not talking about knowledge, right? I know that we update our knowledge as we get older, we get smarter, quote unquote. But I'm talking about the way that we think, the way that we interpret things that we see, right? The way that we interpret things that we experience, the way that we interpret other people's behavior and the kinds of conclusions that we draw from all of those experiences. That way of thinking, that algorithm, if you will, that mathematical equation of how we process all the information that comes into our mind and then how we draw conclusions from it, a large part, and I mean a very large part, of that entire equation was written by the child versions of ourselves. A lot of my ways of thinking were formed by not adult Sam, they were formed by child Sam. And that child understood even less about the world than I do now. And that child, like all children, thought that everything that happened around them was about them. Right? When I was a little boy, I interpreted things as being about me. Right? If somebody was unkind to me, it wasn't because they're just an unkind person and it has nothing to do with me. It was because I was a person that they didn't see deserving of being kind to. Right? The problem was my problem, not their problem, because everything's about me. So this is a dangerous thing that we all have to face. And it's a very real reality 
that we all have to walk through and, and work through to go back into our childhood and kind of correct some ways of thinking that we've never questioned since and we've just accepted. Now that's like a whole other thing. I'm not trying to go into a therapy session, but I am trying to help us understand that our thinking is fundamentally flawed, right? Not all of it. I'm not saying all of your thinking is wrong about everything. I'm just saying if I took the whole big picture of your way of thinking, a way bigger piece than you would like to admit is corrupting and needs to be correcting. And that's true about you, and it's true about me, it's true about everybody, okay? And then, you know, we have these established patterns of thinking, and we've had them our whole life. And so we don't even think to question them, right? And there are ways of thinking that are, you know, they're immature, they're erroneous, and they're corrupted by our sinful nature and the sinful culture of the world around them. And then if we look at the way that our spiritual enemy, right, attacks us, you know, he exploits the weaknesses and the corruption that is embedded in the way we think, right? Uh, he'll reinforce by whispers and, and you name it. He'll reinforce lies that we believe. He'll, you know, speak discouragement that hits right on the mark. You know, he'll whisper discouraging things into your ear and they hit right on the mark of that thing that we've always been insecure about, that thing we've always uh, looked down on ourselves about, that thing we've always been afraid of, right? He'll just speak, he'll target that thing, he'll go, you've been scared of this, you've been hurt by this since you were five years old and I'm gonna push that button again. And stirring, and he'll stir up, you know, these like destructive desires and emotions that we're individually prone to for whatever reason. And a lot of times those destructive behaviors, emotions, and thoughts are there because we use them to feel better about our other thought patterns that are also bad. I hope this isn't confusing. I know that like we get into like the way we think and it can be a mess, but the point is very simple. We have problems with the way that we think about the world. We have problems with the way that we think about ourselves. We don't always see them. In fact, we often don't see them. And our enemy, the devil, wants to exploit those things in our life, in our mind. So this is why we have got to reject the familiar pattern of thinking that we've all developed over the course of our lives. And we have to pursue what Scripture again refers to as the mind of Christ. Now let's look here. We're going to go back in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. It says this, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. And instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, it begins, Put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Going on to verse 8, it says, Get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Verse 12, Clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, 
kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Verse 14, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And then Romans 12, verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And you know, what's so important about these passages that we just read is how clear of a connection there is between the way that we think and the things that we engage in, right? Uh, the words that I speak, the things that I do, the places I go to, the people I hang out with, the things that I listen to, you name it. These aren't, a, these aren't separate from the way that I think. They're interconnected and one influences the other. And so as I'm learning to rewrite my mind, if you will, uh, really allow, allowing God to rewrite my mind, right? To renew my mind, right? Let God transform you. Romans 12, verse 2, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. If I'm going to do that, it's not just I'm going to sit here and go, I'm going to think different, I'm going to think different, I'm going to think different. That's not, that's not going to work. I'm not only going to have to address my thinking, but I'm also going to have to address a lot of my behavior. I'm also going to have to address a lot of my words that I speak and the way that I talk to people and the way that I talk to myself and the places that I go to and the entertainment that I engage in, right? Or the comfort that I use to feel better after the end of the day. All those things are part of me renewing my mind, right? So we have to operate on this baseline assumption that our thinking is corrupting. And then make a daily commitment to submit our thinking to God through prayer and scripture study. I cannot enforce that enough. I know that I talk about it all the time. I'm not going to stop talking about it because two of the things that you need the most in your life is to hear and, and, and take into your spirit the words of God and to hear His Spirit speaking to you through your prayer time. All right? So you might be sitting there going, Oh, there goes Pastor Sam. Pray and read your Bible again. Yeah, there's a reason why people talk it up so much. You really need to do it. It will change the way that you think. Okay? And then you also need to regularly invite others, right? And not just anybody, right? If I'm looking to renew my mind and I'm looking to, uh, you know, kind of invite other people into helping me renew my mind, uh, we want to be selective, right? Um, you want to invite others who demonstrate godliness and wisdom, right? So you want to find these people and go, you know what? I've looked at your life. I've looked at your behavior. I've looked at the way you talk. I looked at the way that you live. And I can see that in your life, I see godliness and I see wisdom. You go to those people and you say, I need your help cross-examining the way that I think, cross-examining my perspectives, cross-examining my assumptions, and cross-examining my conclusions, right? So again, how, these are, let me just tell you, these are three of God's richest blessings in our life, and they're incredible tools for transforming our minds. And it's God's Word, prayer, and the church. 
other believers who have walked through it, been through it, grown out of it, and can help us navigate that same path in our own lives. You really have to be engaging those three things on a regular basis. If you can have any hope of going all the way back into your childhood and all these assumptions and all these conclusions and all these ways of thinking that you've had for like your whole life, if you're going to dig all that up and you're going to examine all that and you're going to throw out the garbage, you're going to need a lot of tools. And these three are incredibly important. In fact, it can't be done, I believe, without them. All right, look, the helmet of salvation is a picture for the renewal of our mind, right? The new life that we have in Jesus renews our ability to perceive, process, and make wise choices. And that's why he calls it the helmet of salvation, right? He's like, you need to guard your mind from the attacks of the enemy, right? Uh, And the way that you do that is by renewing your mind. And that renewal is made possible by the salvation that we have in Jesus. He has set us free from the bondage of sin and death. And that also sets our minds free to be renewed by His Spirit, right? So the new life that we have in Jesus renews our ability to see things, to understand things, to process things, and to be wise about our decisions. And it guards us against the deceptive, aggravating, and discouraging attacks of the enemy, which we've talked about today and so much through this entire series. So here's the challenge that I have for you today, okay? I want you to identify, okay, hang on. This is gonna be a big one. Don't laugh at me. I know it's a big one, but hear me out. I want you to identify one wrong thinking pattern in your life. For some of you, that's gonna be really hard to do. Some of you can tell me three right now. If you already know some, then the challenge is to find a new one. Trust me, you have more than one wrong thinking pattern. I have been working through this for years already in my own life, and I keep on finding new patterns of thinking that I'm like, oh, that one's messed up too. So my challenge is that you would identify one wrong thinking pattern in your life. And I have some questions for you that I think will help you identify them, okay? First one is, in what areas of your life do you like most often make bad choices? <laughs> Again, that might, that might come to you really quick. You're like, oh, I can name a whole bunch of areas in my life where I make bad choices. Think a little bit beyond maybe the ones you've already thought of because I bet there's more, okay? What are you telling yourself before you make those choices? What emotions are you feeling before you make those choices? That last one's really good. In my own life, I have found it to be very effective. When I'm trying to change the way that I think and then change the things that I do, I'll go back and go, you know, before I made that wrong choice that I knew was wrong, what was I feeling in that moment? That's a good thing to pray about and have the Holy Spirit help you process. Because you can begin to identify, oh, this is the part of the road where I should have gone this way and I went that way, right? Another question is, you know, when have you recently had an emotional response that didn't make sense? This is a great way to identify some really messed up thinking patterns that we have is when we find ourselves having emotional reactions to something and we're like, "Mm, that made me really mad, 
but I can't really logically defend why that made me so mad. Or that terrified me, or that uh, made me so anxious, but I can't really tell you why. This is a great thing to identify and go, okay, there's probably a really corrupted thinking pattern attached to why that thing has an inexplicable emotional response, right? Ask yourself questions like, what were you thinking? What were you feeling? And what did that trigger remind you of, right? So these are just some practical ways that you can begin to ask yourself questions, start to dig through your, you dig through your head if you're not scared to do that, uh, and just try to identify, you know what, I think, I think I have a wrong thinking pattern here. And then that's where you can take that to the Word, that's where you can take that to prayer, and that's where you can take that to other trusted believers who can help you navigate and cross-examine those things. And once you've identified these, you know, my challenge is that you would pray through those thought patterns that you've identified each day this week. So as you've identified, you know, really a messed up thought pattern that you have, I want you to pray about that. Not just once or twice, every day this week, pray. And here's what I want you to ask God. I want you to ask God to help you understand what's going on in your mind and your heart. Ask God to help you identify the origin of those thoughts and those feelings. And ask God to reveal the truth to you and correct the underlying beliefs and assumptions that are causing those thoughts and those feelings. This is some heavy stuff, okay? Don't expect to sort it all out by next week, all right? This is a lifelong process of the Lord renewing our minds and making us more like Christ. And I think that if we dig this, I think that if we learn to reject our familiar way of thinking and embrace the mind of Christ, this renewed mind, I think if we dig that, we'll have, uh, you know, we'll think with greater clarity and we'll walk in greater freedom. And I think that we'll be able to, you know, more clearly hear and even just understand what God is saying. If you've often felt like, I don't feel like God talks to me. It could be that your head is so muddy with these broken ways of thinking that it's difficult for you to hear what he's saying to you. That's a possibility. And so I think that if we uh, continue to uh, have this practice of rejecting our familiar ways of thinking and embracing the mind of Christ, right? Really going to God and saying, please renew my mind. I think we're going to be able to hear from him more often and more clearly. Okay? So... As always, I've got some devotional questions I'm going to encourage you to think through as well this week, okay? Maybe you want to write these down or you know, whatever it is that you do. But take these questions, pray through these questions to go a little bit deeper with the things we've talked about today, okay? First question is, what parts of your mind, emotions, or natural responses are a mystery to you? And by that I mean, you know, things that you don't understand, like why you feel that way, why you feel that, uh, why you think that, or why you respond that way. Second question I have for you is, what fears, resentments, or anger might you be holding on to? And the third question is, what parts of your mind and heart do you need to surrender to God and invite His Spirit to renew and restore today.
All right, well, before we go, again, I know this is some heavy stuff. A lot of this really has been in this series. So let me pray for you once again. Lord, I just thank you. Lord, I thank you that you have not left us alone to the chaos of our own minds. Lord God, I, I thank you that your spirit is the spirit of truth, which can go through the nooks and the crannies of our mind and our hearts and can identify the error and the wrong thinking, even the corrupted thinking that we have. Lord God, and that you have the power to transform those things in our mind and our heart, Lord God, and to set us free and to, and to lead us and guide us in the way that is good. And so, Lord God, that's what I pray for today. I pray that you would lead us into the way that is good, the way that is your way, Lord God. Lead us out of our old, broken ways of thinking, Lord God. They're causing, it's causing so much damage in so many of our lives, Lord God. So much confusion, fear, doubt, all these things, Lord God, are coming from these thought patterns that we've been living with our whole life. We've never questioned them. We've never changed them. And they're damaging us, Lord God. Set us free from these things through your power, through your spirit, through the work of Jesus in our life. Lord God, teach us to put on this helmet of salvation, which renews our minds and spirits in you. Lord, I just pray your blessing over every person listening today. Lord God, may you just be with them and speak to them now. Encourage them, Lord. And I thank you for them in your name. Amen. All right. Well, once again, really glad that you've been here with us. And I do hope it's been a blessing for you. Uh, we look forward to having you with us again. All right. Be blessed today. Bye-bye. We are so glad that you've joined us today. To learn more about Hope Valley Church and get access to free resources, just go to www.hopevalley.church. Hope Valley is a church based in Winchester, Virginia that meets in homes around the region. So if you'd like to find out more about home churches, how they work, and how to locate one near you, just go to hopevalley.church/house. Thanks again for joining us and may God bless you today.